Back to another episode of Movie Madness. I'm your host, Henry Thompson, and joining me as always is me, Hermano Wayne Thompson. Hey, buddy, how you doing, man? Same as always, dude. Excellent. And we're here for a special episode. We've got a new guest today, which is Chris Justice Allen, filmmaker from the Northeast. Chris, how you doing, dude? I'm pretty good, thank you. This is very high energy for me. Just coming in, in episode, in so in yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm feeling it already. That's great. Excellent. And, yeah, and just to confirm. The J definitely does stand for justice. Totally stands for justice. Yeah. If anyone, yeah. I mean, the birth certificate might say differently, but apart from Screw that, the I can, birth certificate. Yeah, liberal right. media, yeah. man. Liberal media. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> you make it your own. Um, now, hey, Chris, I, you don't know. We ask questions on this show when you're the first time dun, guest. Dun, dun. I'm ready. Now, you're a filmmaker, yeah? I am. Before we get the questions, give the audience a little bit of inf- insight about who you are. Um, okay, so my uh, film... Korea, uh, I guess I'm going to plumb for that term and make it sound semi-professional at least. Plug away um, everything you need to plug, <laughs> yeah, man. It has several different um, strands to it, uh, tentacles to it, if you want to go full horror vibe, which I know is uh, more your uh, your theme in here, so I'll stick to that one, I think. Um, I graduated um, quite a while ago now, um, and I've kind of done several things in film since after doing my film degree up in Northumbria. I initially went into teaching. Um, and I've taught film and media uh, kind of across the Northeast uh, at various uh, schools and colleges. And, and I've taught uh, down south as well for a little while. Um, but in about 2014 or so, after a few years of teaching, kind of decided to get back into actually uh, making stuff too. Mm. Not just kind of talking about it and, and showing other people how to do it. I was like, actually, I can do this I miss well. it. You yeah. need to do it. <laughs> like, Theory's on. great, but practical's where it's at. Well, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that... that um, struck me that I was kind of, uh, you know, could be doing more. So kind of jumped back uh, into it and I've kind of been going ever since, really. Uh, I've got my own film company, uh, that I've, a film partnership that I've got with uh, Grant Robson. We're called Wickham 89, which uh, Wynne is familiar with. Uh, I am indeed. Uh, has worked with us on one of the short films we produced. I keep going to say last year. It which feels, I mean, it the feels last, like last, last year, real year, uh, yeah. 2019. Before um, the gas leak year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are talking about? Right? Um, yeah, so 2019, uh, halfway through, we shot um, a short horror comedy. Um, it was for my masters, actually. I kind of went back and did um, mm. did that for Newcastle Uni, and we did uh, this horror comedy. Mm. Um, Conscious Wayne is taking a photograph there, so I'm making it. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly changing my posture. If that's everybody. Media trained. I was conscious for that. Straight away. Oh, photo. But yeah, so we um, made that film in, in mid 2019, which I'll get to um, as part of my my master's course, which I directed. Um, yeah, we got back into filmmaking as Wickham 89, me and Grant, and kind of have done a whole range of stuff uh, since everything from promotional stuff uh, to music videos. We do a lot of work with the Customs House for In South Shields, uh, a theatre and charity. Um, so again, we're very interested in doing a lot of community uh, work too. But again, we've done kind of more creative and interesting 
uh, stuff as well from music videos into for short films as we've mentioned. So not there. just a film company but obviously a videography company, design company, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah we've done a bit of everything. We've done photographs. Yeah. We're doing a wedding this weekend. We're just trying to organise for the logistics of mm-hmm. um, which we haven't done one of those for a while doing photographs so I think I remember how to switch a <laughs> camera on and stuff like that. If we're listening I definitely remember how to switch a camera on. Um, you guys are in good hands. <laughs> I can feel it already. Uh, but yeah, everything from we've done motion posters and, and billboards and and the kind of the full gamut of, of everything that comes under being a digital media company. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we uh, also have borrowed into our own shorts again, as I've mentioned, yeah. for State of the Dead, which is on a kind of festival tour at the minute, uh, as we were just speaking about just before we uh, started recording too. So yeah, so we've also gotten into our own creative stuff alongside that too, something we've always planned on doing as well. And as you know, when was sometimes corporate jobs and sometimes paid one and yeah. actual jobs as well, kind of sometimes get in the way of those uh, passion projects and stuff like that. Well, so we've all got to pay the bills in the end, don't we? That's the sad thing. I've heard about this. Yeah. I've heard about this as being an issue. Um, but yeah, so it was great to, in 2019, um, sort of stretch our wings a bit. And the two films which I had directed, um, again, with Grant's help and with uh, Zach, who we wrote on for First State of the Dead as well as a, a great crew, Wayne included. Um, and for our documentary uh, that's currently doing a bit of a festival run as well. Big Pink Dress about a local fundraiser uh, who, as this title slightly gives away, <laughs> runs um, marathons and, and races in a big pink dress, ah, right, which yeah, is yeah. for a self-confessed six-foot-four bloke is um, sometimes an interesting sort of sight to see for some people, a uh, big, big beard as well. So again, uh, working with Colin on that one, uh, was fantastic and again that chance to do something which is one of the other strands uh, of my sort of filmmaking careers but put it into festivals and stuff yeah, too yeah um so again big pink dress has had a, a bit of a festival run as well and it's actually as we record um going live on youtube this weekend mm-hmm. uh, ahead of the great north run uh, so when this episode comes out, I believe will be available for people to watch sure, on, yeah, our, yeah, on yeah. our YouTube Send us a link on, we'll stick the link on there. That'd be fab, yeah. Um, but yeah, so in my other sort of side of things, I also uh, have taken part and in, in been a part of the Sunderland Shorts Film Festival for the last few years. Yeah, so how did that come about then, the, the, the film festival thing? Well, uh, it's been running uh since no, 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 you're jumping way ahead of the questions this was meant to just be a little introductory starter thing where you get into the deeper dive in a minute what a natural what a natural question yeah. but when went through it in there but it would be hard not just because it came what i had it last yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a brief one first when we can do the deep dive too but um the festival itself had been running since 2015 uh, in free sunderland uh council uh a couple of years into it but i first got involved uh through a friend who worked uh, at the council and was involved with the festival, she recommended, knowing uh, I'm into films as yeah. I am, that I could kind of get involved with it. The first year um, I was involved, which was, again, my being able to track time with that, as Phil mentioned, sort of missing you doesn't add up anymore in my head. I'm going to say 2017. <laughs> but if it was 2018, again, you can uh, pull us up on social media and I'll apologise for that. Um, but... At least you accept it. That's the... <laughs> oh, I'll we, really challenge we, we, you. We, I'll, we all need this day, I'll, I'll, so... I'll find some screenshots on, on my Instagram and whatever. Um, but yeah, the first year I did a bit of reviewing for the festival uh, and ended up doing some of the Q&A. 
sessions in person with some of the filmmakers and, and people taking part in the festival. Um, that kind of progressed to that year. Again, I was doing my uh, master's for at Newcastle Uni where I uh, shadowed uh, Anne Tai, who was running the festival up to that point, um, and kind of got to see the full start-to-end process kind of behind the scenes of, of what making a, a festival kind of entails, mm. um, which was very insightful and, again, kind of working within that uh, frame of it, that professional frame from the council's point of view, but also bringing my sort of film knowledge and, and short film knowledge specifically kind of to it as well, um, where we had a really uh, successful festival in 2019, I guess that would have been. Again, these guys might not add up. I'm double-checking in my head. <laughs> the, the calendar, the roller decks in my head is, is flicking over there. Um, but where we had a great festival uh, held at the Sunderland Empire Cinema uh, in a great uh, couple of days of films, everything from student and local productions um, up to after winners um, and kind of everything in between. We had a comedy section, a documentary section, a uh, horror section, the whole lot. Um, and again, where I helped was programming the festival, did the Q&As uh, with a great selection of um, of guest speakers and again, running events kind of connected to the festival. Um, in late, uh, just after the festival, uh, and uh, for people who will know it in the kind of local culture site, really took well-deserved uh, retirement. Um, so yeah, kind of. I got uh, was in a, a fortunate position where I'd kind of seen everything that goes into the festival. So kind of my role um, was kind of, you know, following in her footsteps from then. Mm-hmm. We launched that first festival, which would have been mine in um, February 2020. So for in aiming for October 2020, um, <laughs> release date. So that first meeting we had was very positive uh, in person at the Software Centre for in Sunderland. The second meeting we had when month after on Zoom, when everybody was just kind of in a uh, ghost town, <laughs> pretty much. In um, yeah, and witness protection, and and everything else in between. Pretty much, it felt like um, you know that festival obviously ended up changing and evolving on a weekly basis, as everyone kind of remembers yeah. being the situation last year, um, to the point where we uh, decided to kind of defer last year's festival. What would have been our uh, 2020 festival to this October 2021 um, and kind of did a series of online stuff last year as well uh, instead of instead of the in-person kind of events uh, which were fantastic to be honest and we did sort of the best of a fest retrospective of the first five years of the festival taking films again local award-winning international everything else you know as is the ethos of of the festival itself you know bringing the best from around the world and around the corner sort of thing to kind, the kind of like a good teaser for the next one exactly to a degree. That. um but that's it while we've kind of you know ruled this one forward to a point where things are slightly more clear mm. you know um we are still kind of in a process of not being fully open and kind of fully back to full speed as it was for kind of the events and um screenings and stuff we had planned to some extent but again of kind of as everyone kind of has in the last uh, 18 months or so, kind of adapted and changed it slightly yeah. and, and, yeah. and pivoted and what other words you can kind of use to describe it. But to the point where this year, um, the lineup of festivals looking fantastic. And um, even though we won't be having them all in person as we would like to do, um, the 
caliber of films we've got across all those categories is fantastic. Um, so yes, yeah, so it'll be great to get back to it. Exciting stuff. Cool. So before we dive into the festival thing, what I'm curious, because obviously you've got quite a lot going on and you've had a lot going on in the past, not too different to what we're like. In I'm not doing the questions anymore. Yeah, I just want to ask him a question. Shut Jeez. up. So I'm playing a double Yeah, match. honestly. Single-handedly. What, what is, would your dream be? What If you could pick any of it, what would be the one thing you would love to do? I mean, I don't want to sound too much like I'm blowing my own trumpet here, but uh, you can add in a trumpet sound effect oh, afterwards. Battle right. back in two. Um, you know, I think uh, something... Um, which I quite enjoy is kind of spinning a lot of plates. <laughs> to, and I'm possibly going to mix some metaphors here. Um, but again, so I, I still teach and still teach film and media too. Um, obviously, we do our making stuff, um, both original content and kind of um, corporate and, and other kind of creative content too. Again, literally we're filming last night uh, a new play at the Customs House at Free and South Shields. Uh, our Legate, directed by Mina Anwar, great kind of local production. Uh, and again, obviously the festival is ramping up for the for the sixth one next month. Um, I mean, yeah, when I sleep is sometimes <laughs> something like, uh, you know, is, is questionable. You sleep um, in this business? Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I don't know what my neighbours must think I do when the... The light and the, yeah, the studies on it. Was it until he said yeah, the word sleep? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot what that thing I was. was. Say, well, it's it's theoretical. That's going back to uh, a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, interestingly, during um, just out of the last lockdown, again, there's been so many now. Not to get nostalgic about them. Um, far from it. Um, but. Uh, Free Sunderland Uni, actually, uh, who are supporting us this year with the Film Festival too, with some uh, cash prizes. Um, they had the Putnam Lectures uh, on this year, and uh, Ridley Scott did the kind of closing uh, lecture being interviewed by David Putnam. Um, and he said something very interesting, but, you know, to be a, a filmmaker, you've got to kind of thrive on stress oh, <laughs> and sleep deprivation basically that, that's why we were both quite shocked and, when you said sleep because <laughs> we gave up on that a long time ago yeah yeah I, I, I remember <laughs> it it's a, it's a faint memory in the distance somewhere um, there's, a, there's a good phrase sleep when I'm dead <laughs> I think <laughs> many yeah. years to come I might actually sleep <laughs> but yeah um, so at, at the moment um, I'm enjoying kind of uh, most different ends of it because again you know I think I really do have a passion um, and something I've really strived to do in the film festival um, is really shine that light on what is being created up here mm. uh, in the northeast of England, an area that is, um, to some extent... Overlooked yeah, a lot. I would agree with all of these words, <laughs> and I'm looking for a, a slightly more diplomatic way to say it. Um, Underappreciated. I think all of these are valued. Continue with us as well, but again, you know, certainly on a national scale and an international scale, um, where there is fantastic um talent up here. The talent um, is phenomenal up here, and you know, and it's talent that doesn't have to go to Manchester or London yeah, or exactly. abroad to kind of be able to do those things. Um, and again, this is something I, I tell students when I'm when I'm teaching again businesses 
like ourselves or Committee 9 and, and yourselves and, and many of us around here, it's perhaps, um, you know, a smaller pool. But again, you know, there's always kind of work if you want to work for it sort of thing is what I tell students. Um, and again, it's, it's kind of living proof of that between what I do filmmaking and with the festival. Uh, it's something, you know, I feel very strongly about. So again, with, when I uh, did get involved um, and in the 2019 festival, we had two uh, student events, which again had been kind of ongoing. Um, but again, making sure those were given the same sort of billing and, and yeah. full cinema presentation that, you know, the drama events and the BAFTA winners were getting you know, ones from South Tyneside College and ones from Newcastle Uni and Sunderland Uni, you know, we're getting the same sort of... It's the respect, treatment. isn't it? It's, exactly. it's, it's giving it everything respect, basically. Now, I, I like that a lot. And and uh, one we did add in 2019 too, again, we've always had local films in every subcategory of the festival, but again, a local specific screen and there's something we added to just to get more of that locally produced content again writ large on the big screen, you know, to give it again that, mm-hmm. that respect, yep. um, that time and effort and blood, sweat and tears that had gone into it from all these local filmmakers and, and you know, show it on the big screen how how they would dream to have it shown. Yeah. Which again, um, in previous years of the festival and other smaller festivals, you know, don't always have the luxury of being able to have that standard of uh, presentation. So being able to kind of champion um new emerging talent young talent and local talent uh, everything from people you know who are aspiring to do it and everyone who are kind of hobbyists and stuff um you know being able to give that leg up to to shine a light on what's going on in the northeast and, and make it worthwhile um but again through the films both the documentary and first day of the dead uh as well as the stuff we create um as Wickham 89 for other companies, for music videos, for shows and events. Um, you know, being part of that too, again, wanting to to be part of it, you know, and, yeah. and stretch that creative muscle as well. So, again, yeah, the sleep thing is lower down on the list. <laughs> but again, you know, there's, there's, uh, as a career, I'm, I'm quite enjoying spinning all those elements at the minute. Again, those two um, films uh, I directed in Wickham 89 when we're doing... Uh, so if we kind of normally um, split the responsibility depending on the job between me and Grant, who, you know, we both normally shoot, um, you know, depending on the project, one of us kind of maybe directs more and one kind of has more of a DOPI and then we swap on other projects. We're kind of alternate editing, um, depending on whose uh, computer can withstand it the most at that <laughs> moment and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Um but again, yeah, that was a great challenge um, to actually kind of be at the helm for those to um, keep going to say last year, but I mean 2019. But yeah, again, really enjoy that side of it too. Um, again, I'm normally up till two o'clock in the morning doing it, so editing, I suppose, is a is a something I, I do enjoy. Uh, do you really lessons. enjoy the editing? Because it's not very often I hear somebody say, "I love editing." I do enjoy editing. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, sometimes my uh, my I mean, you know 
The amount of projects I've worked my... on, nobody <laughs> seems to enjoy it. Yeah, the first one I think I've heard is I said, yeah, I actually enjoy it. I think it's, uh, you know, it always feels like the final draft. And again, especially since we do, um, we kind of predominantly work in a pair or a smallish team um, for the stuff we've done. So we're always kind of hands-on from the inception of a project till the release of a project. Which does help. If it's your own project, it's when you work on other people's and you don't know what you even walk into half the time. Yeah. Can you edit that? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I've, I've done that too um, and, and have enjoyed it. But again, I think doing it, the, the full creative thing, and it's the final draft. It's the final piece in the puzzle. It's the conclusion, it's, uh, isn't it? Exactly. And it's one of those things where it always slightly surprises when I see filmmakers, you know, on big productions where they have wrote and, and directed and then hand it off to someone yeah. else in the last stage always seems yeah. like slightly and this is maybe where I'm actually when I'm saying oh I like plate spinning when I'm actually saying I'm maybe bordering on a control freak but whereas that, that last stage uh, giving it to someone else and not having that kind of cre- final creative hand in it knowing how important the editing process can be I think our directors should have some say in the editing I mean like you said, to hand it over and then just leave it. I, I, I do not understand that whatsoever. I don't edit. I've done all the little bits in in my time, but even when I'm not editing, I'm always on the editor's case of, right, what do you need help with? What do you need this one? Well, can thing. I watch it's this a, It's a technically professional skill. You can't just be a good editor because yeah. you know pacing. You have to talk to someone who knows exactly. the technical side to get them to do it to the pacing that you require. If you have the talent to edit, that's great. And, you know, you got a lot of exuberance. And you're very excitable. Chris, and I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I'm honest. <laughs> stupid. That's where we're going to put the boards up. Um, the editing process is the final moment where you can craft things, and especially sometimes when you find, like, for example, B-roll that just fits somewhere to bridge a gap that you don't have to then reshoot can be quite an amazing moment. But, you know, it's nice to hear someone so excited and exuberant about it because I just feel so... Most people we know are just so burned out from doing it for so long and doing it so consistently. I guess you're still in that kind of like honeymoon phase <laughs> with editing somewhat. Uh, it's a funny one. It, again, it kind of goes back to the, the teaching skill. Um, I think, again, you know, I t- in part of the reason, um, you know, having that thought, I shouldn't just be, you know, I'm telling people how to do this nine to five mm-hmm. every day. I, I can actually do this as well. Again, you know, most colleges, Sunderland College, teaching out of the time Timeside College too. Um, you know, use Adobe, use Premiere Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, again, I'm spending so much time kind of telling people how to use this software. You know, I, <laughs> it would be a waste to, 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 yeah. to do it as well. Um, but again, exactly as you say, yeah, it, it always feels like that last creative um, step. And, and whilst we have passed things to other editors in the past, and again, as you mentioned, uh, I've done edits for other projects as well. I feel it's nice. Personally, I can see why some people that would stress about it and they wouldn't want nothing to do with it as well again. <laughs> and I think it's possible for us to uh, nice till two in the morning sitting, uh, watching a little beach ball of death mm. on on my uh, Mac as I'm trying desperately to uh, save something on, on Premiere Pro. Um, again, I think editing might be the, the cause of my hairline being slightly further back than it would have been. I think that's you what know. you often say, isn't it? <laughs> There's more greys. Than before I started editing, certainly. Um, but yeah, at the minute, I would uh, editing still something I. I hope you never lose that 
Don't lose his head. <laughs> but I will say real quick, I'm sure you've you've taken your fair share of uh, constructive criticism in your time. Yeah? I'm going to throw a couple of constructive criticisms out just real quick, which is, we have a bit of a structure, and I, it, it, we start with these questions and whatnot, and I say, it, when someone says on a radio show, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then a 10-minute conversation starts. That's not really a little bit about myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abbreviate it for you and help you out. I know you're just excited, and you're really thrilled to see me. I get that. That's fine. I understand. How, how could I not be? How could but I hey, not be? My name is Chris, and I'm a filmmaker and a videographer and a designer and a teacher, and I work with Sunderland Festival and produce my own content, and I'm doing everything I can to, you know, push the Northeast as far as I can. Boom. I mean, yeah, that's an yeah. intro. We just so you know, just yeah. so you know. Both are the foolish. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I could have emailed you guys if you wanted. Well, okay, so you had to, you had to add the flair to it. I get you, I get you. So maybe, maybe we'll get to this, and maybe I'm jumping out again. But you know, um, when I, you know, as as many people do, when you start, you know, falling in love with film when you're a teenager, yeah. and it was very much in the era of, uh, you know, DVD circulating of Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith. So talking at length uh, about these subjects is something I think is hardwired inside me. So yeah, brief Second. answers are, are something I'll work on. <laughs> no, no, I know you're excited. It's okay. It's, it's only because it's, then you, you, you went on you iron and then Wayne jumped in and it's like, who gives a shit about the questions now? But <laughs> no, uh, the other criticism is you never answered Wayne's question. Yeah, so I, 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 was, I was waiting for the answer all the time. You still of, didn't give us quite an answer. Instead of saying your dream thing, what you said was... I Anything. like doing lots of work and I do a lot of work. What's your dream, man? It might it Not might the five-year so, plan goal, or, the long-term would, dream. Would you dream to be make a feature film or to... Yeah, I mean, I guess that's for... Um, in each different category, again, you know, uh, being able to teach film is, you know, in... I guess it's... I'm doing a half answer here. I'm splitting it into three dreams. If this is over that weekend when you're catching up on the sleep that uh, he has a desperately about. So he's right um, in the weekend of Bernie's too. That's what he's doing. That's the dream. Okay, you, you caught us. Um, but yeah, in all those, you know, it's a real privilege to be able to teach young people who are passionate about it. So, you know, that's kind of already ticked off mm. um, as far as that goes. In the creative um, field, again, you know, wanting to continue um, making stuff and uh, going on, uh, wanting to make more shorts. Certainly, both doc and uh, fiction is something I'd love to do, and love to be able to have the opportunity to do uh, a longer one as well. So, in the filmmaking category, absolutely that. Um, again, I know uh, the technical side isn't always my strongest suit in regards to camera and stuff. So, again, the directing stuff, possibly from the teaching background and, and you know interacting with people, I think is something I do enjoy um, that process and the sort of problem-solving element of bringing everything together too. Um, so absolutely in that filmmaking thing, I think, you know, features for kind of the, uh, the end of that, yeah. that road yeah. for me uh, at the moment. And with the festival, um, again, you know, as I said, I you know, the first few steps uh, went very well and then stumbled into a, a pandemic just before what was going to be my first festival kind of mm. at the helm. Um, so being able to continue to grow the festival is is something for that. And again, um, as you you know, and many of your listeners will know too, um, the festival kind of landscape is, a, is an interesting one. 
where again the, the gold standard is your um your BAFTA accredited ones in the UK mm. and your kind of Oscar qualifying uh ones in the US and internationally speaking. Um so again it would you know with that passion of celebrating what happens here and bringing great work from around the world to here, being able to get to that place with a festival is something that would be that would be a, a dream end goal yeah. really, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, we've also been bringing films to the northeast with Filmhouse Sunderland again. We started in January twenty twenty, so you know what I mean. We had two months of that one um, going well at least. But again, you know, it's about it bringing... is better than none. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's something. Um, but yeah, it's it's waiting till we kind of it's waiting till we get um, that little bit closer to what was the normality before Vera, whatever. Yeah. And I, I I hate you for term the new normal and stuff like that. But whatever it's kind of going to be, where stuff like that we're all passionate about is kind of back to a normal state, which mm. unfortunately is getting people in a, uh, a small confined room <laughs> all sitting next the thing to each is other, in the end, which is something that's been... It's going to have to happen eventually. Sure. You know what I mean? We, we, it, it's now gone on for over a year and a half, this pandemic. And if we don't know what's going on by now, then I think people are blind. You know, I think, I think there's something wrong with people if they don't know what's going on by now. So it's now that surely we've learned to adapt. Surely we've learned to move on. So now we use that and we should be getting back to a vague normality now. Surely. You know what I mean? I've been waiting so much for it to be like Naked Gun 33 and a third. <laughs> like everyone walks in a movie That's theater, puts on a full body condom and then just kind of flops onto a seat. Waiting for the full the, body the only problem, man. I think The only problem with that is you're going to slide off yeah. the chair every two seconds. Ah, uh, yes. That's the only problem you've got with that. That's as somebody who no, used to X. as someone who used to work in a cinema. You know, as long as we pay for people cleaning the screens more to, to sort out the uh, the aftermath of that, there could be something in it. There could be something in there. But yeah, that's the thing. And again, um, to that point, again, you know, we're already talking about next year's festival, yeah, and it kind of being back to that cinema environment. And again, no knock against the online stuff. Um, because again, it does oh, bring its own. It, man. Screw the online stuff. It's well, I don't know. It it kind of um, and it it brings a lot of its own benefits, which is something we couldn't offer before. Um, is what we've kind of found out while whilst exploring it. Um, so we're using a platform this year called Eventive, mm-hmm. uh, but festivals like Rain Dance have used. So again, kind of, um, well regarded and well recognised. Um, but what is a benefit is stuff like accessibility. I guess mm-hmm. that's became a big thing in the last eighteen months. Things which you know, acknowledging those people who still kind of aren't comfortable with um, perhaps leaving, leave, going into these public yeah. spaces, but those people who kind of were struggling with that beforehand and kind of mm. didn't have that voice uh, beforehand too. And, and that's something that I think a lot more people have became conscious of and aware of in the last 18 months. See, I think my concern of that was that was already happening before the pandemic. I know yeah, so yeah. this might sound stupid and people might think I'm crazy for saying this, but I think like all the online from Netflix and everything like that, start the slow kind of getting everybody in the house and not going out in the first place. And it's just, the pandemic's just literally sped that up. Yeah. Well, I think changing trends in people's viewing habits and yeah. mobile devices and everything has yeah. been changing that for a long time anyway. But this is yeah. the reason I said screw the online stuff. It's not that there isn't more means of accessibility it's, or that you can reach we need a higher to get people audience. Back. Or that even, I think that's, even that you can make more money by being able to sell more content via like subscriptions or, or passes or anything. The reason I say screw online is there's just a matter of time unless we really pull it out the bag for, you know, I'm, I'm talking not just festivals. I'm not talking, you know, independent guys like all of us. 
I'm talking even the big, mm-hmm. the big boys. Yeah. Yeah, how, I mean, how long before the movie theater is like, God, remember we used to go to a It would be nostalgia. Theater? It's interesting. It's interesting, again, you know, how it's getting that balance, I think. And, it's, yeah. and again, that's what's kind of became apparent in, in unfortunately, the situation in America where uh, Paramount this, this week, yeah. again, as we record, have kind of knocked back uh, releases to next year and some have pulled them up, maybe kind of moving them away from the Christmas, you know, expected rise of cases. You know, it's it's going to be an interesting kind of balancing act. And again, it's not wanting any of those things to fall by the wayside. But again, it's for those benefits of things we could never have, you know, the 2019 festival, as I mentioned, uh, in a beautiful um, screen right in the city centre. So in many ways, ideal. But again, um, things like those wheelchair spaces, you yeah. know, in a cinema like that, there was uh, in the screen we were in, I should say, um, one wheelchair accessible space. Right. If two people mm-hmm. in wheelchairs wanted to come, we'd have to have turned them, one of them away at the door. Um, the festival has built in uh, subtitling, which again, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, I, you know, not hard of hearing um, or struggle with that issue. But you know, we weren't able to offer that as as an option apart from international and, and foreign language films, which mm-hmm. were obviously subbed. Um, you know, for the majority of our content, which was English language, we didn't offer that. Um, again, that comes as standard built into the event of platforms. So again, people who do need that service, who might have, you know, kind of looked at our festival in the past and thought that sounds interesting, but I know I'm not going to be able to fully appreciate that yeah. content. Yeah. Now they have an option to to have that access where we just simply couldn't um have ran both a subbed and non-subtitled version from a cost point of view before. So it's, it's you know, there's those benefits which are kind of interesting. But again, it's it, exactly as you say, it's not wanting to lose that cinema experience completely. It's not, it's not just the cinematic experience for me personally. It's it's the communicative and speciality as well because people forget how to talk to each other, like physically talk to each other. Oh, that's a much yeah, deeper no. issue. Than no, it me. is, but do you know what I mean? We used to go. I know exactly what you mean, we though. used to go to the cinemas as as friends to talk, as well as go and watch a film. Yeah, that's during the movie, right? You? No, no. Before and after, you'd be talking room. about the movie afterwards. You'd, you'd you know you'd yeah, walk yeah, back yeah. the bus stop or walk back the car. You'd be talking about the movie. All that's I'm afraid you're going to lose all that. You know, we're losing our people, person skills. Yeah, you I see, mean, I'm just going to say real quick on what Chris was saying. In in my opinion, especially with something like a festival and there is like two sides of that argument and the first side is the additional accessibility and the reach and things like that and as you said accessibility you know you give them subtitles and all this sort of shit i mean obviously you can bake subtitles into a a film when you make your you know um your cinema package if you wanted to Um, it's not a hard service you can throw it on youtube on a private server export the srt and have it in five minutes just to clean up. It's not a hard thing to do. Anyone can do it. So there's no excuse for us not to provide that kind of thing in a cinema screen, technically. But my biggest issue with the accessibility online is if you're really trying to draw people, like the show the Northeast off, you need people from outside the Northeast to come to the exactly. Northeast to yes. realize the region has amazing architecture and amazing people and talent and conversations and networking and, and create a market without that it's just 
more crap on YouTube, effectively. I'm not saying your festival is by any stretch. I'm not saying that. And he's not saying the films are crap. My argument, I'm just making real quick, is, and I think this is the same problem with... I know someone bumped the mic. Oh. <laughs> Uh, my it's the same argument I have with um, the regular theater going audience. If you remove the exclusivity and give everyone constant attention to have whatever they want at the touch of their fingertips, why would you ever choose to go? Oh, I'll fit that one week when they're showing that movie in that theater. Yeah, you know. Again, I think it's it's an interesting thing, and it, I guess there's no right or wrong answer. Oh, yeah, no, there's not. There's not. Yeah, we're but just I guess conversation. It's, it's um, my thought is, again, it, it goes back to that balance. Again, it's a, an interesting thing, and uh, again, the, the film house uh, project that I was, um, again, kind of uh, came out of the film festival, a chance to, again, bring the Sunderland um, mm. independent and international films, which the city kind of, wasn't getting in that multiplex. Yeah, yeah. It was getting some of, but it wasn't getting kind of constant streaming without, it was basically giving the people the access uh, to that without having to travel half an hour on the metro to Newcastle or yeah. drive half an hour um, to, you know, to Teesside to, um, to the Arctic or something like that, where these more, um, in some cases, international films, in some cases, more experimental films, more kind of off the beaten track, independent yeah. films, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, but again, even then, uh, as we were picking up momentum before the pandemic, um, again, you know, if we sold out a screen, which we uh, did with uh, your name and an anime mm. um, release, and we had scheduled for the week, which ended up being the week of the national lockdown, we had Parasite um, mm-hmm. moved into our screening room just after its Oscar win. Um, portrait of a lady on fire the week after that which was close to selling out too but even in doing so in in that one space and with that one screening slot we had a week you know the maximum we could sell you know was for the maximum tickets in that screen yeah, yeah um and it's that sort of interesting thing again of yes people but it, again there's it's that balancing act again it's getting those people in and getting those people in there was great and what we were kind of working towards the thing we found with doing the festival online last year, using those same sort of screens we've been using, for that online event we held on, you know, uh, via our Facebook platform, we had more kind of viewers and, mm-hmm. and retained um, those reviewers for the duration of that best of screening for more than if we sold out every screening yeah. in the festival yeah. than we could have possibly sold tickets for. So it's that interesting. And again, in, you know, Leaving it up there for um for a couple of weeks as opposed to one, mm. you know it's seven o'clock on a Thursday night sort of thing. Yeah. You kind of you've got the next fortnight to see it, so it doesn't matter if you've got work or you've got a family commitment or or whatever it might be. You can watch it when the kids have gone to sleep, yeah. or you can watch yeah. it on your lunch break at work. So, um, so it's kind of again, it's there's an interesting balancing act where I'd never want to lose that kind of in person spectacle. Again, yeah. that's what yeah. again what I was saying. One of the reasons I got into it and really pushed for um to have that representation of that work writ large on the big screen but those benefits on the other side too it's something where yeah we don't want to lose those as well and again you know it's those <laughs> occasional silver linings that have come from from the pandemic and yeah, it's yeah. those things of having the access again we did some even our events online mm-hmm. last year and we had filmmakers on uh via zoom interviewing who we wouldn't have been able to you know have 
at the festival, I suppose, from a cost point of view, but couldn't travel internationally for it and stuff like that. Don't be wrong, Chris. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. Oh, no, this is a complicated is. thing with was, very few Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it. it's the way forward. We know yeah. that. And there's just fears that... Yeah, it's someone like Warner Brothers, which is a yeah, massive studio. Exactly. And they're seeing exactly what you're mm. talking about with HBO Max. Yes, there is that theater experience. And then there is that home experience and the accessibility experience. And it all boils down to when, when it comes to those products. Is it worth the money to go to the theater yeah. versus watching it at home for that accessibility? The only argument I can see to that would be you've got to treat it more like going to see like a live event yeah, and give it a, some sense of exclusivity yeah, exactly. and bonuses and all this. Sort of I stuff. mean, for me personally, oh, maybe it's the filmmaker side of me as well. The bigger the screen, the better. Mm. I can't help it. I just, you know, I think you've got yeah. to watch on the biggest possible. And that means going to the cinema. You know, you yeah. only get so bigger tellies in the houses and stuff like that. But not only that, it's also like you say, it's to be able to talk to your friends afterwards rather than just speaking on headphones mm. and yep. mics. You know what I mean? I, I much personally much prefer to be like this in a room together, even though, yes, we are social distancing, ladies and gentlemen, but we can still see each other and we still talk to each other. You know what I mean? Rather than just I'd say on a screen and that's it. But at the same time, you know, let's say you are put a movie into this festival and the festival is only screened over two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people can really see that movie? I agree. Your, your biggest bonus is that you've got networking, you've got ability to meet other filmmakers, you can broaden your social network and your film network. And well, that's, that's have a your question. Work sold or exposed. One second, wait. And, but on the online side, it can be seen by many, many more well, people. Well, that's what I was just going to ask. Like when you're actually doing the festival, do you actually do it live at the same time or not? Have you thought about doing it live at well, the same that's time? The thing, yeah. And I think which will be. This year will be the sort of testing ground for, I suppose. Yeah. Um, again, you know, how we can, again, that, that idea of, of balance that I've kind of mentioned, yes, making sure we're getting all that stuff online um, and the benefits that come from that. But again, going back to what the, the heart of it initially was, you know, having those films in the city centre kind of accessible to yeah. people who live here in the North East. Mm. Um, so again, I think it's going to be an interesting balance. And again, as you, you kind of alluded to, Everyone from us, this, you know, sort of local shorts film festival all the way up to these major studios are kind of contending with this at the minute and kind of, you know, trying to figure out that balance. We've seen it kind of written across the, the industry sort of press with stuff like with stuff like Black Widow and Shang-Chi yeah. on, on yeah. the Disney side of things, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, with other stuff being pushed back, as, as we've mentioned. Um, so again, it's it's... An interesting thing is they're having that balance of if it makes sense from a price point of view. Yeah. You know, a, a comparatively smaller festival uh, like ourselves, you know, that unfortunate oh, reality absolutely. is that's something we've kind of got to contend with. I mean, again, oh, when yeah, we yeah. were thinking even, you know, uh, again, at what I mentioned before, you know, our whole aim with something like Filmhouse or with the festival when we were in the cinema was how many people can we get in that room together you know ideally yeah. okay if we sell over and not to get too much into the boring business side of stuff but you know we've got to sell over this many tickets to kind of make the money back just for hiring the space exactly yeah and yeah. then kind of this much for you know getting the, the dcp or, or whatever it may be to, to have that projected or again you know um a similar thing you know this is how much it costs to have the website running yeah. um over this time and this is how much the ingestion cost is from their point of view and again even on a 
well, kind of maybe especially on the small scale, I suppose. It's that sort of thing of where, like, well, that just kind of doesn't add, you know, there's going to be people, and that's the, the worry where, you know, trying to uh, have have all these kind of options is unfortunately going to kind of tip people off or kind of make some things where it's, no, this is just online, no, this is just mm-hmm. in theatres. Um, and again, you know, going everything from us, again, and the issue with... Uh, on the, the bigger scale, Shang-Chi at the minute, you know, and, and what the, the cast have kind of publicly discussed. Uh, the fact they've just done an online thing compared to doing it, streaming at the same yep. time. Fortunately for them, in this instance, it's worked out, but, but you yeah. know, that's a $200 yeah. million dollar exactly. blockbuster, um, which is, again, I did go and see on the big screen and, and would recommend seeing it as that. You know, it's a big uh, Marvel, Marvel epic. So, you know, it, it, it pays to see it on, on that side, I suppose. But then, kind of totally understand people who are still wanting to to kind of isolate as much as possible. Yeah, not going, oh, yeah, want course, to go yeah. into that screen, and and again, you know, some cinemas are doing distancing. You know, this is not a, a film thing as well. It's happening with music events. It's happening mm-hmm. with um, with theater. Again, I mentioned doing a lot of uh, filming work for local theaters and stuff like that too. So again, it's 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 far from an issue just in our our world, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's a big question where i think it's a big question mark yeah i think it will be for a long time to come as well uh sadly um i guess yeah i don't know if we'll fully ever get over what's going over this last year a bit but we just gotta keep soldiering on basically haven't we uh but i mean it's interesting because you know pandemic aside i think i take a look at myself for instance over the last five to ten year, even I struggle to be able to go to the cinema as often as I used to or go to gigs as often as I used to and that's because of my disabilities. So I suppose even that could come into that side of it as well, which benefits of you know, like you said with the wheelchairs, things like that. Yeah, Chris was saying with the accessibility, yeah. yeah so yeah. It, you know, I think yeah, in those senses definitely it does make sense. I just I just my overall fear is that we lose the whole people person that's mm. that's that's just my own personal fear yeah i mean again um, a big a big thing that we always champion again in the festival was those networking events yeah, exactly. and, and live events yeah. too we've had workshops from um again local filmmakers and and the university showing people again local filmmakers up and coming filmmakers student filmmakers anyone who wanted to get involved really uh everything from how to use equipment we had a, a steady cam workshop by uh ian mcpake at, at the university in the 2019 festival, we had a, a, a Russ Hunt, one of the lecturers from Northumbria, come and do sort of a, a thing. We obviously do the Q and A's yeah, after yeah, every yeah. screening. Um, we had kind of when we were at the Empire, we had the bar space, um, kind of exclusively to ourselves as sort of you know our VIP sort of area for anyone who was attending the festival to mm. have that space to mix and mingle, if you can remember such a thing. Um, you know, so a great network and opportunity, and you know that's as much as what the, the business development and creative development side is as much important as putting on great films. It's you know again helping those people who, those students, those up and comers, those yeah. local filmmakers too. And again, you know we we have done that online to some extent. And again, this year with all the screenings, there will be a Q and A element offered to the filmmakers. Obviously, it'll be online both for the most part again you know a place for people to chat we have you know our facebook page and our twitter and instagram so there's always that you know we're always open to that engagement but again as you say is it ever the same as 
is in person. Yeah. You know, I for know. some people, yeah, for some people, no. And again, it, it's about interest and balance, I suppose. Uh, again, you know, far from just our industry, but it's kind oh, of absolutely. dealing with that absolutely. issue. I think it'll be an interesting shift for a couple of years. So the curious thing for me is obviously me being from Sunderland and everything. Um, have you had much of a response from Sunderland itself? Not the council, but like the people. Yeah, so every um, every festival screening uh, that we've done in person, we will be doing online this year, as well as every um, screening we had for Filmhouse Sunderland for those couple of months, we were able to kind of operate it. Uh, every one of those, we had a questionnaire at the end for people to kind of fill out a sheet with, um, you know, kind of where are you from, what have you yeah, enjoyed, yeah. why have you enjoyed it sort of thing. Um, and... Every one of those screenings, uh, for the most part, both at the festival and at Filmhouse, always had new people coming through the door. Uh, always had local people just kind of taking a punt on it. Um, again, you know, I think there's something with short films um, where it's not something people have readily available to them yeah, most of the time. Exactly. Um, we are all familiar with it. Um, people who make films, you know, see it as this invaluable sort of stepping stone as you're kind of building up your skill base and stuff like that. And the power they have in their own medium, you know, established filmmakers using shorts and stuff too. But it's not something people, for the most part, see. Um, Certainly creative shorts and stuff like that. You know, it's not something we have before films no, anymore, it, it, for the yeah, most exactly. part. Apart, you know... Uh, of a new Pixar release or something, having having a little um short before it perhaps. So again, as a as a medium, it's something that you know people, uh, and you know the wider public perhaps aren't as aren't as familiar with, um. But that's the great thing, and the great thing we've seen where people have taken that chance, have you know turned up at the Empire when we were doing uh, our twenty nineteen screening, saw something like the horror, um. You know block that we had on kind of an hour and a half of, of you know half a dozen short horror films yeah, yeah yeah and you know just saying yeah i thought i'd give that a try that looked more appealing than you know the what is it on the other screens that evening sort of thing um you know people hearing us on the radio on you know podcasts i did a bit time for it um you know we always had those uh you know people taking a chance on us who weren't familiar and great support from people who do know what short films are. Yeah. Um, so again, we've found that really reassuring and really positive and something Good. that we Good. were getting a real build-up and momentum of. Again, unfortunately, um, you know, the, for the Filmhouse project, you know, the, the pandemic kind of put a bit of a spanner in the works for that in regards to our actual screenings where we were seeing numbers picking up um, predominantly week on week for the most part. But we kind of, again, pivoted and moved online and kind of ended up doing a sort of recommendations list, uh, myself and, and Johnny Tull, who run the project. Um, and again, you know, we've continued to see people liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram and, and that sort of thing. So again, you know, it's this idea that people are still interested in this thing. Yeah. You know, both and you, you, know you, you, you see the profiles coming up and you see the Twitter bios and whatever. And, you know, it is local people and not all just, kind of film people and um, the same goes for the festival you know if it gets shared by again we have the benefit of being um connected with the council so you know but yeah you know when they it's nice to see the council getting involved man because 
for a long time the council didn't want anything to do with entertainment and that side of things that's the thing there's a real passion from them to make these events happen and you know give this cultural opportunity it's almost like they've moved forward with the times a little bit that's which is I nice think, to see i think they see the benefit of it again you know um officers for it were based in the software center you know where there are film companies there yeah. are games companies there are you know uh, digital media companies and, and seeing this is a viable uh industry it's a thriving industry really exactly. it's, you know it's, and like like we said at the beginning it the northeast sadly has been under undervalued really to it i think that's the thing i think it's such a and why again i, I go back to the thing where it's our sort of longer term goal perhaps with the festival to get this sort of more um wider recognized, recognized kind yeah, of is, yeah. is what is classes an a-tier festival you know uh is again kind of shining that light where which is perhaps unfairly kind of being overlooked. And again, I think this is something the North East deals with, you know, far beyond just kind of culture and film and media and stuff like that. Um, but it's that idea that, yeah, there are very talented people up here and great works oh, kind absolutely. of being done up here. And, uh, well, you know, you said you'll have worked with them, we've worked with them, so we, we you know, we know firsthand that there's, there's talent up here. And I think it's, again, you Except know... Except that one guy. I'm not. I'm, I'm better than what you think, right? I'm better than what you think. But you know, and again, they there is that passion, passion with them. There's the kind of, um, you know, the on the understandable sort of, um, at the moment again, you know, being cautious uh, during the pandemic. But again, that full support that going forward, yeah, next year will be kind of back up to yeah, that, um, yeah. you know, kind of full hitting, you know, power and stuff like that. And again, that's that's a great reassurance that, you know, they're behind us in that regard. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, that's, again, something we can see going forward and, and hopefully we'll see the benefit for, for for years to come. And so for, like, for other filmmakers, um, especially locals, I mean, well, first off, do you get many submissions from local filmmakers? And I know we spoke about people going to the the, the film and it's nice for the hour, but do you actually get many filmmakers putting in? The... Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the uh, events that I was attending beforehand, uh, you know, events like um, across the Northeast and kind of filmmaker sort of um, meetups and, again, the exact sort of things you're talking about where, you know, people come to discuss these mm-hmm. ideas or certainly did 18 months ago. Um, you know, it, it was eye-opening as someone who was already doing it at that point, just yeah. how many other people were doing that exact same thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and kind of from every level, again, from the commercial uh, sort and corporate sort of side up to, you know, uh, beautiful avant-garde experimental films and everything else in between. Um, so there's, you know great wealth of filmmakers who are oh, producing yeah. stuff yeah. up here. Uh, and again, it, it's always exciting to see those coming through and not just from the unis and from the colleges and stuff like that, but, you know, yeah. every um, every level, really. So, yeah, this year, you know, we'll have films from local filmmakers in documentary, in comedy, in horror, um, across the board, basically. Um, and there's always new ones, too, coming through, ones... <laughs> Ones we haven't uh, heard from before, haven't heard of us yeah. before, and, and you know, and I've seen us on sh- social media, us shared on um, on Twitter again. Places like BFI Network have been great supporting us by just retweeting and 
re-Instagramming. I can't be the correct term. Um, <laughs> for us this year on their, on their stories and stuff like that. Um, so again, it's seeing this support network, this community, um, you know, kind of getting behind it and the fact that we can, along with those internationally recognised films, say, yeah, we're making stuff that's great up here. Too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, again, you know, we've got a, a team of reviewers for the film festival um, who kind of go through every submission. Uh, we make sure that, you know, every, you know, we don't just randomly pick, you know, uh, couple of dozen of films and say, yeah okay, we'll so stick it's not throwing darts into a series of pictures on the wall <laughs> it would be quick, that might would be a quicker process uh, yeah, maybe and, and sometimes would be <laughs> me again when i'm not staying up two o'clock editing it's, it's watching uh, <laughs> uh short films and late into the night uh certainly in the run-up to announcing our lineup um again we, we make sure that every film is reviewed by at least uh two or three reviewers and normally myself as mm-hmm. well uh, and, you know, kind of there's a careful kind of curation process. And those reviews that are coming through, again, from people who know filmmaking and those people who are just film lovers, film fans. Um, and again, getting that interesting response from, you know, different opinions in those reviews yeah, yeah. coming through. And the average for Film Freeway, and again, plenty of people listening will be familiar with the Film Freeway process. Mm-hmm. Um, but how us as a festival kind of see that and see those reviews coming in the average reviews those films then get and how we can kind yeah. of start making that schedule from it. You know, those ones which are after winners and Oscar nominated films that we've kind of had in, we've got local ones, uh, you know, going kind of toe to toe, getting those same kind of responses and same kind of rave reviews from. That's good to so hear. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really reassuring. And, and again, it's something that I'm wanting to, you know, continue and want to continue to shine a light on. Yeah. Look how much great stuff's going on right here. You obviously have tremendous passion, which is fantastic. And obviously we're all thrilled about the festival. And I'm sure the audience is thrilled about the festival. I would, I would like to think so anyway. Otherwise well, yeah, I don't know why exactly. to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> if you've made it this far and you hate the sound of a festival, um, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Has yeah. he swung you over? <laughs> Maybe they hated it at first and they listened to it and they go, wow, that sounds good. Man. <laughs> well, what else Love the festival. <laughs> and if you hate me, if I'm annoying you after this amount of time, that's understandable. Long answers. We've got that. But I would say give the festival a chance. That's, that's the don't thing. Don't get hung really. up on the long answers. That was just for the intro. What I was going to say was, obviously you have great passion for the festival and obviously helping other filmmakers and the north especially and like you say watching all these movies going toe to toe you watch a lot of other people's content and everything uh what's next for you as far as your own uh creative content your own narrative fiction and whatnot what's your next gig do you have anything planned so in for the festival again obviously that's very imminently on the the horizon well, i know uh, it's consuming your every waking hour <laughs> I, I don't i don't blame you at all but yeah, yeah. Uh, well, before i got here i was literally going through but so uh, yes but it's I very mean, once much you have your mini coma when it's over <laughs> and you wake back up and you go oh yeah back to life well what's what's planned then well um again just to cover all those different areas i suppose the uh film house Projects ongoing mm-hmm. uh, at the minute as a recommendation thing that we're doing online every week. Um, me and Johnny uh, kind of going through what's new on iPlayer and Amazon and kind of recommending those till we can get back in the cinema and kind of yeah. um, do it how we'd like to. So again, that's an ongoing one. Um, again, as I mentioned, we're already talking about next year's festival. So we look to launch that kind of straight after. I'll be uh, 
wanting to come back on my podcast and talk about some of the things we've got planned <laughs> and um, some of the interesting different things we've got planned going forward to, again, get more involvement from local filmmakers and stuff like that going forward. Um, from uh, this week as well, where I'm possibly throwing back the soft drinks <laughs> in here and trying to get a sugar overload is um, back to teaching this week too. Oh, so again, yeah. like making um, and helping uh, some uh, young people to kind of realise their film potential is something that's ongoing too. But from a play to the circus <laughs> level, guys. And fortunately, I don't have them with us. They might be crashing down with some of the microphone stands <laughs> in here. Um, at the moment, the, the ghosts have definitely got in. But yeah, from a filmmaking point of view, um, we've uh, been pretty busy with some of the corporates, again, with stuff kind of coming back. Um, as we've talked about, again, we do a lot of work with the Customs House, a local theatre in the Northeast based in South Shields. Uh, so we've been doing some some event stuff for them. They have the Takeover Festival, which we've just finished a big edit on, um, which is just one of the journals, uh, one of their culture awards for a youth event sort of thing. So we've been part of that for the last few years, filming those events. Um, we filmed a few of the shows that they've had on uh, recently, our Leggett, um, Peggy Pearpot, some, again, great original local productions that you've put on. Um, so there's a lot of, again, sitting in front of Adobe Premiere Pro editing those things in my immediate future. Um, and again, uh, we do the pantomime stuff for those too. So there's a lot of uh, glitter <laughs> in, in big smiles kind of in my editing future as well. We've filmed some of the promo stuff for that already and it's, it's looking great. Cool. Um, but yeah, getting into some more of those original content things is something we're looking to do too. We've done a few music videos. Um, Across the lockdown as well to kind of mm-hmm. keep our, our uh, toe in the water of, of original content. We did one for, uh, um, again, from from smaller open coming acts to kind of established ones. We've done, um, again, Jack Fox, a local mm-hmm. uh, rapper. We did one for him. And uh, the complete other end of the spectrum, we did one for Joe McKeldry, the guy who won the X Factor a few years yeah, ago, again, yeah. who, who frequents the, the Customs House. Um, so again, you know, we've kind of, um, you know, from his kind of pop style to, to Jack's kind of alternate rap style, we're looking at doing some more music videos too. Um, again, as I mentioned, Big Pink Dress is about to launch this week and First State of the Dead has still got a, a bit to go on it. It's, it's Festival Road. So again, we're kind of keeping uh, those ones going. But yeah, we've been writing um, too. So kind of looking to get some stuff done. We've been going through the... Uh, labyrinth that is applying for funding for original <laughs> films as well yeah. and uh, once we finish some of that paperwork something might come of those things but if not we're kind of looking at doing some things how we did and, and when we can attest to this how we did first state of the dead proper old school yep. no budget uh, slight budget well yeah some pet rolling what, what we call and, zero budget zero budget but yeah me buying a lot of people cans of of uh, <laughs> Hope to keep them going feed and paying for Pat them and them. <laughs> Lots of bags of Haribo is, is how you keep the set there. And especially with, especially with the crew, definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, you know, chomping up a bit basically to kind of get back and doing that mm. kind of creative stuff too. And now fortunately we are in a position, stuff is kind of coming back to normal. That's kind of looking a bit more of an option for us again. Um, we shot a short film uh, over summer, we've still got a little bit of shooting to do uh, on that. Again, it was another completely no-budget one, but someone uh, 
we've worked with uh, wrote that Sam Bell um, based on the little oh, yeah. video she did during lockdown um, we've kind of ex- she expanded that uh, and we kind of helped her with a creative process like the of expanding that from a, a little short they filmed on their phones to a sort of 10 minute short um, which is peculiar and funny and very South Shields it feels I would say <laughs> uh, and so that's starring her and Kylie Ann Ford uh, which we've got a little bit more to film, but hopefully that'll be coming out soon uh, too. So again, it's, it's yeah, the fact I forgot about a whole film we shot is basically saying I've got a <laughs> minute, but um, it's possibly also we shot that during the, what must have been the hottest two days of mm. the summer, uh, and we were in Exhibition Park and Shields for the entirety of one day. So the only um, two days of summer we had, yes. If, if you can remember, <laughs> yeah, again, for people listening outside of the area, um, all the... Things I'm championing about the northeast weather is not always one of them, um, but yeah, we do occasionally get uh, days where it is. Uh, but that's, gloriously the, be- that's nice the beauty of the northeast, though. Weather doesn't matter. <laughs> we just get on with it and we enjoy it. It. I would say on the days we were filming, it, people will think I've got much better, you know, CGI green screen skills than I could ever hope to have because it looks so picturesquely <laughs> beautiful. Um, you know, perfectly blue skies and stuff like that. That's got to be, that's got to be, you know, uh, somebody on DaVinci Resolve turning yeah. the colour right up because there's no, but I can assure you that really happened. Um, so, yeah, that was, I think it's possibly being pushed to the back of my mind because of just how much I melted over that weekend. Um, but, yeah, so, again, plenty of stuff. Uh, and, again, across kind of all, all those avenues. Um, and kind of, yeah, continuing to, you do those things again looking to help other filmmakers as well and mm-hmm. and work with other people again you know the interesting thing about the film festival and, and working with people as yourself um is that it does open up those other avenues where yeah. you can uh reach that olive branch and kind of offer that help and assistance in some places and kind of um you know whilst i was saying before there's a lot of filmmakers in the area who are doing great stuff it's also quite a uh, a tight knit community in, in some ways, and again, you know, the idea of people helping each other out is a is a big thing up here too. So, looking to be involved in as many creative, interesting projects as there are creative, interesting projects going on up here. So, the Summer Festival is the sixth of October. Yep. So we start on the um the main uh, releases this year are going to be from the sixth to the ninth of October. Uh, that'll go for all our screenings again. Uh, Everything from documentary to drama, uh, comedy, horror. Um, put me, this, I don't, this is strange, but this is the thing that's put me on the spot after talking about it. We've also got an art strand. The most important part. <laughs> oh, you know. Uh, we've got an art strand. Uh, we've got our student strand and we've got our local strand too. Um, with all of us, again, as mentioned, there's going to be kind of Q&As. There's going to be kind of events and um, other content around that too. Um, we're looking to hopefully do some um, in-person events as well. Um, but again, as is the case with many events and stuff at the moment, that's still slightly up in the air. But again, all of our the details of that are going to be online. Um, the website for the festival is launching later this week. So again, you guys, if you can put that in the, yeah. in the copy yeah. and stuff, that would be much appreciated. But yeah, it's... Uh, also going to be running, as we mentioned, you know, that's the main strand, but it's going to be kind of online for a little bit longer too, so people can um, mm. dip in and, and see what we do. 
Is there, is there a limit on the films, by the way? Because I know it, it's obviously, it, it's titled the Shorts Festival, is it Southern Shorts Festival. What's the limit for a short? Because I know every festival varies with through. On average, a short will be anywhere up to 45 minutes, but do you have a limit on yours? We do. Um, so again, the first short film festival in Sunderland before I um, became part of it was actually uh, set up um, from... Uh, and in the team at that time in Sunderland uh, City Council, but in partnership with uh, the DC Shorts Film Festival. I remember that, yeah. yeah. Washington, uh, DC in America is obviously uh, twinned. twinned. That's for one. Twinned, uh, with, twinned with Sunderland, as you'll see on, on some road signs as you kind of drive around <laughs> the northeast, uh, if those who aren't from here and come to visit. Um, so, yeah, so the first year of the festival, we kind of um, adapted their sort of uh, definition of that, I should say, or again, the team did at that time. So we've got a limit of uh, up to 20 minutes, 20 minutes on ours at the moment. Um, this is something we are, I guess, kind of maybe looking at for the future as well and kind of looking at potentially expanding. Um, again, August Club uh, that we were talking about before, again, by a great local filmmaker, Dan Richardson. Um, you know, it's closer to... It's still technically a short, but I think it's 45. Short, so, it's, yeah. so for us, it's you know, a, very much a long short. Um, again, some of the, an interesting discussion we've had is some of the university projects, uh, they tell them to make 25-minute long films and stuff like that. So we kind of, uh, it's something we're kind of looking at and looking to be more flexible on um, going forward. Event of the site we're using considers a short film to be under thirty minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, that's why I thought that's why because I know a lot of them, a lot of festivals are different. You know, I wasn't actually trying to be. Oh, yeah, well, no, was... I think it's. I think it's an interest, and again, something when people are, you know, when it's a bit of a looser um, definition than some people would kind of are familiar with it. It's something worth considering. My point of view um, as a filmmaker, both of mine are kind of uh, under the ten minute mark. Yeah. Um, programming a festival you know what i'd love to see and love to see when going to short film festivals is that uh variety of great content too so again you know that idea of being able to uh from my point of view you know as a as a programmer uh really pack that time frame full of of great stuff which again obviously can have great films as you get longer too but again it gives maybe less yeah. Things we can have uh, overall, especially when we go back to an in-person sort of setting. So again, it's an interesting balancing act, but one where we're looking to certainly, we don't want to, you know, uh, not be able to, you know, not include something because it's 21 minutes, you know, so we can we we can be flexible. It's um, it's maybe even looking at doing an alternate festival as well, isn't it? I've keeping the shots and maybe it's doing a, you know, just a general summer film festival, maybe yeah. it's down the line if it gets better and better. Because you do sometimes you don't want to rock the board, do you? And when you've got something going good, sometimes you can oversaturate what you're doing and that's it goes. That's an interesting so I, thing. I know what you're saying there. But we have with a, a once a year kind of event, which Sunland Shorts has been. Um, but again, kind of we're looking at with the Film House project, where again, you know, this shouldn't be something that just exists one weekend a year sort of thing. Um, but something that should be kind of, or we would like to have been kind of as evergreen as possible. Um, so again, when we had great success with our kind of a couple of online things last year, um, you know, I think it's something we've definitely got the scope to to kind of expand in, in the support and the community behind us in the northeast where there's for interest for that too. So yeah, I think for hopefully more in 
bigger and indeed longer <laughs> and uh, and being able to offer offer you know all filmmakers in the North East and, and people submitting stuff to be able to get stuff shown here and, and give something to our audiences. Good stuff. Mm. Good stuff. That's pretty cool. Very cool stuff. I kind of feel like we've been talking for quite a while. I didn't know if you <laughs> wanted to uh, get any final points out. If there's anything major you wanted to plug, any particular dates or anything you wanted to make sure to get out there. Um. So yeah. So again, uh, if you could join us uh, this October at Sunderland Shorts, that would be much appreciated. And again, see what we're doing. Again, something for everyone from from horror comedy and all the way to art, experimental, and some fantastic documentaries in this year too. Um as well as all that, again, student and local content, if you want to see some up-and-comers and some um, things that are happening right on our doorstep. Again, uh, the website can be, again, I'm not saying the website because, for one, I'm terrible at remembering those sort of <laughs> things, but again, it'll be in, in the link below so you can uh, you can find all our details here yes. and check us on social media again. I run the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for Sunderland Shorts too, so again, if you have any questions, you can get in touch that way and, all the dates and all the links will be on there too, so you'll very easily be able to find us. Um, but again, it's for 6th to the 9th for the main bulk of the festival, and it'll be kind of available uh, throughout the following few weeks in October too, if you want to kind of dip in and, and see, have a have a go, basically. Um, a lot of the events we're running online, certainly another kind of benefit um, to that as well, we're doing a pay what you feel um, for it this year too, because again, you know, we understand how the last... 18 months have been um, difficult um, for people. And again, you know, art is something that we believe should be kind of available. And again, that word accessible um, to everyone sort of thing. So again, we don't want the price point to be something that would put people off, which again is, I guess when we're talking about cinema being, you know, perhaps moving to more of an event sort of thing can be um, a bit of a red flag for some people. So again, you know, that's something that we're really passionate about this year, um, being able to offer people um, that again you know very happy to accept those uh, payments too but again that idea that you know we don't want to be that to be a closed door yeah. to people as well so again you can find us uh, online for that this year too again um, we've got stuff kind of constantly coming out on Wickham 89 too from uh, my filmmaking point of view as I mentioned there uh, Big Pink Dress Doc uh, it should be kind of live as this podcast goes live. So you can find that on our YouTube channel. If you search Wickham 89 Media, uh, we should pop up. Uh, and you can see all sorts of stuff uh, that we've worked on. Again, we on all social media, as everybody is, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. As everyone's um, enslaved. <laughs> to the Facebook gods. You can, yeah, in your in your daily scrolling, you can, uh, you can feel free to scroll out to us and see some of the... Um, zombie work Wayne did for a Sunday too but some behind the scenes and some um, shots of, of First Date of the Dead and that'll be coming out early next year um, on our YouTube and stuff too so again yeah plenty in the pipeline uh, Filmhouse Sunderland's ongoing too again across all social media uh, if you're looking for some things to watch um, I'm on social media but I'm mainly talking about all those film things because <laughs> <laughs> um, or you know you said you well, run the social media for Wickham 89, is that right? Uh, yeah, so uh, me and Grant do a, a bit of that, but yeah, we're uh, 
always on there. So, yeah, so again. people, when you watch the big pink dress, you got to go and go on the straight on the social media for uh, Wake Up 89 and let them know what you think to it, man. Give That'd them the feedback. Give them the reviews. That's what and also, if you, if you want to get involved in any kind of filament, you want to maybe help the guy out in the future or exactly. help those guys out, you know, just get in or, touch with everybody. You know, give the man a donation. Yeah. You, you have a donate <laughs> button up there. That's something we should, we should get like on there as well, you know, I mean. Um, it, it, you got to buy it, the guy a second dress for the sequel. You've got a, a big you red dress. Pay in, pay in the coffees for, uh, I always need sponsors. Yeah, everybody <laughs> needs sponsors. Um, for our press relations, get in touch with Chris J. Allen on Facebook tomorrow. <laughs> um, feel free to. Feel free to. I'm not turning any of his office down. I think he's just got a little bit in the cheese. I don't think he was expecting that one. I'm very happy to constantly... Shameless self-promotion for all the stuff that we do. Help him commit the dream to reality. One only once you've liked and subscribed and shared all those pages, Thanks. of course. Uh, very happy to um, <laughs> to help out there, but too. But yeah, again, you know what we're all about um, is helping people who are interested in these things too. So yeah, very happy. As I've gone on at length in this podcast, <laughs> you'll it'll be no surprise to people still listening. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you reach out, we're happy to kind of some advice or have a chat about any of these things um and yeah it would be great to hear from you awesome before we go today uh wayne do you have anything else you want to ask or talk about no i think we've covered most things okay then well chris the questions unexpected ending from the beginning but now at the ending totally screw the schedule up questions might as well crack them out right instead of being like a normally this is like to get your appetite wetted and put you on the back foot but now it's just going to be like a chill out like oh well i've already done the interview so might as well just get it out of the way as a filmmaker chris number one if you could work with any director living or dead who would it be and why this is a good question. This has Wouldn't it be great at the beginning of the show? <laughs> <laughs> Just to warm you up? This is going to test your editing skills. You I can, actually like the way we've done it at the end. Of that's, it's that's, all, all over the place today. Yeah. Yeah. All my yeah, prepared answers have, have gone out the window. Okay. Um, what am I doing for this? Am I, In whatever capacity. You can be working with them. Um, even just getting advice off them, then working with you on a project, you working on just somebody long to have worked with. Well, they say it might not be alive now. It could be. Oh yeah, living or dead. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm very interested in. Uh, so Michael Balkan is a producer. So again, mm-hmm. um, Ealing Films kind of being his thing. My lockdown, uh, project was working through a lot of British, uh cinema of the 1940s, 50s, uh, and 60s and stuff. Uh, so that was an, a name you constantly saw kind of popping up there. Uh, Lady Kill is one of my favourite films. So again, but, um, an interest in talking about community, I suppose, as I have been doing, you know, uh, Elan Studios being a renowned name for not just the quality of content they put out, um, and again, you know, people they started the careers of, you know, you kind of worked with Hitchcock uh, in the 20s and 30s. Um, and again, many recurring writers, directors kind of throughout their career. Um, but again, you know, the term Elan comedy is something that's entered the common parlance as, you know, a, a very particular thing in the 1960s. Um, every other studio was making comedies at that time. They, they didn't have a monopoly on it. But, you know, they had this thing which um, has stood the test of time mm. and, you know, became this, you know, household name. Uh, to a lot of people, to even people now who obviously 
60, 70 years on, haven't maybe even seen some of his films, or many of them at least. Um, so again, I think, you know, uh, he's that's a, a time period I'm very interested uh, in, or again, in this mythical uh, time machine yeah, filmmaking yeah, yeah, style yeah. Would, be, would be very interesting. I think, again, there's, uh, when we're talking about things I would like to make, and again, in First Day of the Dead, despite it being um, partially inspired by my love of George A. Romero, uh, zombie films specifically, um, you know, the, the idea that his zombie films are always uh, ones with, which were more about people being ripped apart and yeah. having horrible things hanging off their face and all that, which we had plenty of as well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's certainly a benefit of it. But again, his always inspired me because we had that message behind it. Mm-hmm. My thought with First Hit of the Dead was mixing that with very kind of like a romantic comedy um, sort of vibe as well. So again, you know, uh, that's something that sort of uh, innocence and kind of uh, interestingly, specifically British humour and kind of um, mannerisms is something I find like constantly sort of fascinating in their films. Mm. Um, not just in their, their comedies and stuff as well, some of the war films they were making um, during that time uh, as well are um, fascinating, some of the best kind of being made literally during the war in, in some cases. Uh, George A. Romero, as I mentioned, again, um, both in his horror work and in his kind of drama work, someone I love. Uh, George Lucas is one um, I've kind of always loved from, I uh, did my dissertation on. Oh, Stevie's first answer. It's just yeah, the one. Yeah, 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 I'm throwing a few possibilities. Are you getting too excited? I'm throwing some, you know, <laughs> things in the air and I'm going to see which one I uh, reach out and grab. Uh, but let's see. Maybe I would go to Lucas for, I, I rewatched American Graffiti uh, recently. And again, I think it's, it's a interesting and, you know, he's, he's a, I guess has became a controversial character in in many people's um, in film fans. You know, being from someone who was so beloved to somebody who was, um, you know, certainly in the the prequel era, you know, kind of less loved um, by great swathes of 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 that fandom. Um, but who cares about that? But yeah, I think only really for like seventy percent of the population. You know, what I mean, <laughs> um, I think he's someone. I'm I'm going with George Lucas. It's the one I've chosen after after steering around um the British uh you know comedies of the nineteen fifties, which did have Alec Guinness in a lot of them in New Zealand films as well. So there's a there's a there's a distinct connection. There's a there's a um, link. There's a link. There was a link. There was a tenuous you know what I mean? link you, at best. You couldn't get to Star Wars without uh without Lady Killers and Man in the White Suit and stuff like that. Um and indeed being shot at Elstree and stuff like that for, for Star Wars, if we're going to go into the full, the full long shot of it. But again, a director um, I think is uh, immensely fascinating. Again, a, a director who, you know, uh, editing is something that I think has saved a lot of his early films and stuff too. So in that um, thing, the, what he did with his wife at the time, Marshall Lucas, and uh, editors like uh, Walter Murch on uh, THX and American Graffiti, uh, you know, is maybe a testament to that other passion I've got of uh for for some reason being so interested in this editing <laughs> side of stuff. Um but again yeah someone you know who has had such a profound effect on uh film not just in the films he's he's made again you know going to any shop and you'll see 
all his merchandise and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but again, you know, how much he has kind of revolutionized things behind the scenes and, and continues to do so as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Continues to support, you know, um, you know, film uh, as an educational practice and, you know, kind of the fact since leaving the film industry, how he's moved into his kind of museum stuff mm. um, is, you know, kind of constantly interesting and fascinating to me. The fact, the amount of money that um, and support he gives to film restoration uh, as well of international um, cinema, I think is kind of interesting too. And again, it touches on not just those filmmaking interests I have, those film history, those film theory, those film um, as a wider sort of cultural tool. Uh, you know, I think he's kind of constantly fascinating in that and not just somebody, uh, you know, to make memes about because he didn't like the fourth Indiana Jones <laughs> film, you know what I mean? And uh, for the record, I like the fourth Indiana Jones film. There you go. The Is most it, controversial thing I've said after an hour and a half of this I interview. like very much that it wasn't just, well, he made Star Wars. There was yeah, actually like yeah, a point yeah. to it. Well, I'm going to ask you, because my favorite George Lucas movie seems to be everyone's least favorite if, they, if they've seen it. You ever watch Radio Land Murders? Radio Land Murders is not currently available in PAL and it's kind of not been available for some time. So uh, Radio Land Murders is one of the ones missing from my from really? my movie, yeah. Well, I will um, hook despite, you up with a Despite copy. me trying and, and not wanting to pay. I, I love that American movie and TV I've had a copy of it for years. I will hook you up with a copy. This is good. I did, not know, I did not know that it was not available here. That might explain why no one ever knows yeah. what the hell I'm talking yeah. about. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, some of us 80s, early 90s forays into things that are less less available here. Some of us are uh, people yeah. who, who yeah. Sit, sit even on, on Amazon looking that at... That was like, uh, what, 94? It's not even... Yeah. It's quite a, late in the day for... Uh, right before DVD there. There's a, yeah, there's an interest in... And again, as, as any uh, English uh, British listeners might know, sometimes when you have these interesting flights of fancy in films which aren't uh, readily available and certainly aren't available on streaming services because... Streaming only seems to go far as far back yeah, as about nineteen ninety yeah. in most cases. And mm. um, sometimes finding these things Even are uh, you look if it goes that far back with some of say, them. Yeah, but, uh, and another ongoing issue, I suppose, with some of those modern alternatives for all the bells and whistles. Uh, uh, again, I'm someone who very much still buys Blu-rays and basically lives in a small section of HMV. Is what my living room looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's an interesting feeling as a film fan. I think there's some great stuff, um, some great companies at the minute who kind of are filling in those gaps. Hammer, another uh, one of my interests. Uh, again, you know, the recent re-releases of some of those long sort of difficult to find sort of films that they've mm. been doing is uh, fantastic. But yeah, um, I'll if I come away with a prize today and it's Radio yeah. Land Murders on DVD, <laughs> this is, this is okay by me. Unexpectedly. It's paid off. This is paid off for me. It's good. I'm almost a little hurt as a George Lucas fan. He's never seen it, so I'm going to have to help him. You out. need it. You and need American, it. More American graffiti, uh, the much maligned and possibly rightly much maligned sequel is also not currently, but I rewatched uh, American graffiti and I was like, I'm going to rewatch more American graffiti too. Realized I didn't have it, went online and it is not currently um, available anywhere. So again, that's another one that's, which George Lucas services services. Uh, I don't have a copy of that for you. Sorry, man. You only got the lucky one time. Any listeners who want to reach out, I give you those social media. Um, if you can hook the man up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, if a film George Lucas directed more than 
was possibly publicised, I think, by the by the sound of it. Um, but yeah, there you go. George Lucas is my answer for, for a multitude of reasons. But yeah. also, he did direct Star Wars, and I mean, come on, that's, oh, that's, that's he pretty good. That's, yeah. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so pretty number, good. Number two, Chris. Obviously, you're a filmmaker, director. You could direct any actor in your movie. In all of film history, living or dead, which actor would you most want to work with? Pause for long silence, <laughs> uh, which can be edited out later and make me sound like I had this uh, answer right off the cuff. Nobody ever has these. That's why we do this. Nobody ever has these. That's answers. why I don't give them to people in advance. You know what? If I give these questions to people in advance, they sit and they dwell on it and they think of a really acceptable else. answer. But if you just hear it on the fly, you got to think of a, a good answer. You, you, you tend to find Impulses. the true answers. Impulse, man. I think, um, and again, a film I mentioned before, coming uh, in here today, of uh, a living actor. I think one of the most interesting at the minute is possibly, and again, a, a Star Wars connection, I suppose, um, is Adam Driver. Uh, I mentioned just before mm. we started recording, uh, I went to see Annette <laughs> earlier uh, in the week um, as we record this, uh, which is. Uh, absolutely fascinating and very peculiar opera film <laughs> putting any label on it anyone who's seen it putting any label on this film is, is going to be interesting um, but yeah is an actor who obviously again I've, I've just seen and have been so maybe I'm slightly uh, giving a biased and, and recent answer um, but yeah it's constantly sort of interesting to see, you know in massive Pull blockbusters like the newer Star Wars films, mm-hmm. um, and in independent and really interesting and challenging sort of cinema, um, too. And I think is a testament to how many directors have have worked with him recently. Everyone from so Scorsese, um, to even you know somewhat controversial figures at men like Terry Gilliam and stuff like this. But this you know these, uh, full gamut of directors. It's worth mentioning and has been mentioned certainly online, but he has not worked with many female directors as well, which working with me wouldn't uh, uh, help, but <laughs> something something in, in interesting, you know, thing to throw into the part of that so answer. The too. answer, ladies and gentlemen, is Adam Driver because he's interesting. Again, if we're, you know, if, 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 we're, <laughs> if we're doing a, the, uh, the, the, uh, Shorter version of this podcast. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> again, if you've made it this far, guys, I'm very impressed. Uh, again, I've always loved actors like Richard E. Grant and yeah. Campbell, again, from you know some of these cult uh, classics we we all kind of grew up with. Um, but yeah, uh, he's who I'm going for for now. Okay. Uh, if you ask me again next time, where I'm on, I may give a different answer. But yeah, interesting choice. Interesting. Very good. Very good. So, number three. If you could live in a movie for a day, 24 hours in a movie, any movie in history, can't get hurt in it, what movie would you live in for one day? Oof, it can't get hurt in it. It's an interesting uh, thing to throw in at the end. We only have to throw that in because so many people pick shit where they would clearly be killed instantly. <laughs> oh, I'd like to live in Alien all day. Oh, okay, well, you're like, totally dead, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't get I hurt. I want to live in Alien for a day, but and don't get, yeah. And don't, <laughs> I am, this is interesting. Yeah, I guess you've got to go... You know, not many people are going to go for sort of uh, Ken Loach sort of kitchen sink dramas here, are they? Well, we already, already love that. To, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've thrown an interesting uh, thing into the works there. 
again, maybe going back to some of those um, older comedy and, and films I've, I've loved for a long time uh, answers. To live in a Marx Brothers comedy would be mm. exhausting. <laughs> to be but, around it, but, but just for I can imagine day. it being quite zany if, fun. If it's only if it's twenty four hours, I yeah. think that's that's mad. If it was a lifetime, I think you could not end up in some sort of. I think you would sleep after that. Day. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna plumb for um, yeah, something in the, the duck soup sort of era, Excellent. horse feathers sort of uh, just to kind of that again, you know. The comic wit um, that they had, the kind of chaotic energy they have, especially in some of those early films, mm-hmm. um, yeah, would be uh, would be something to behold. I think, yeah, that would be yeah. that would be an interesting day. I like it. And again, <laughs> and not being eaten by uh, an eel as anamorph or something like that. You know, I think that would be a nice balance. Perhaps. Well, yeah, and it fits you really well, personality wise. In case you can't tell from from his very excited speech out here. Uh, Chris, outside of being a filmmaker, is also a spot on Jack Black impersonator. I don't know if anyone knows. <laughs> Very that. animated as well. Very, Very animated. animated. So my current good looking uh, dude. <laughs> it's nice that you throw that in at the end, Betty. Um, yeah, my haircut is uh, currently two lockdowns worth of me putting off <laughs> having uh, had a haircut. It's um, pure so yeah, it's, yeah, I love it's, it. it's um, the comparisons as it's got longer and longer is. Has moved from uh, Jack Black, but I, I've been called worse in my time. So maybe I can I live with that. I can live with that. The final question. <laughs> the suspense is, is palpable. Listening. If you could share a drink, whether it be a beer or coffee, whatever, with any character, not the actor, character for movie history, who would you like to spend uh, some time with, have a drink with? Silence for suspense. So. <laughs> and, and these, they can be monstrous, they can be killers, they can be anything you want. They can be nice guys. They're not going to hurt yeah. you, they're just going to have a chat with you, drink with you, laugh with you, whatever. You're going to hang with them, man. Hang out. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this is frustratingly good question. <laughs> See why you don't get this in advance <laughs> notice? <laughs> I'm going to go and pace around the, uh, around the building for 10 minutes and, and come up with something good. Um... That's a good one. I swear the thing of it is, who's one of your favourite characters? (laughs) 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 I'm getting there. Hang on. Hang on. I'm pulling around to something. I think we're getting somewhere. I see. But now, now I'm thinking, would I want to go... Maybe the twenty four hours is too much with Marks Brothers. Maybe maybe a drink would be uh, somewhere where you can make, it, <laughs> oh, make an excuse it. and make it get away. Hang on, yeah, I'm I'm coming back round. Um, <laughs> you really want to have a drink with the Marks? The, the zaniest it is. I was gonna say you'd end up with a drink <laughs> over you at some point. So maybe maybe that's not the way to go. Interesting. Okay, I've gone, I've gone light and I've gone comedy. I've gone you know George Lucas and I've gone Marks Brothers with some of the others. So maybe I, maybe I'll go into Wade in a deeper territory in this work. I'm going to go dark, dark folk. Which means I need to still think of an answer. He's not uh, This is just me talking to kind of, uh, kind of continue spinning. We have literally put the guy on the spot here. <laughs> I know. Unexpectedly so. <laughs> I 
He's gonna hate us. He will hate us for eternity now. I cannot think of any character in any film. No. Um. Okay. So one. Uh. Again, I mentioned one of those early passions, and I think many people have. Um. Uh. Thirty. Um, I've got to think about it, which is strange. Which obviously so shows. Uh. My age and forgetting the last year happened or so. Um. So I'm early thirties, thirty two. Uh, so again, when I was getting into film, uh, again, as I think many people would feel similar in, in my age category, uh, around the birth of DVDs, you know, mm-hmm. those essential ones that everyone had were, you know, the early Quentin Tarantino films up to that mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dogs and Pulp Fiction, uh, early, you know, Kevin Smith films and mm-hmm. Sam Raimi films and, and, and uh, this collection. Uh but again, you know, I think as your taste kind of develop and you get into those different uh, niches and stuff like that, you kind of, you know, kind of sometimes lose some of those uh, filmmakers and kind of those younger passions kind of along the way. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, and you never, you feel, you know, how very passionately you feel about something. There's a lot of tell me it's Chasey Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you kind of, you, you know, lose that uh, diehard passion that you have uh-huh. with um, some of those things. It's not, John McLean, when I've said Die Hard, I'm not, I'm not leading anyone down. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leading anyone down the wrong path there. Um, but despite us not loving all of his films, certainly not as much as in in that thing, um, Quentin Tarantino's latest film, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think is one that is went from being just a fascinating film the first time I saw it. Uh, having now rewatched it a couple of times, um, me like you know convincing me that that's actually better than those films I was in love with. You know those early mm. films of his and made us want to one of the many uh, connections that made us want to be a filmmaker at that age. Um, this new film again, you know, I think because it is so much of his passion for filmmaking kind of coming through it, um, and in the story it tells. So again, being able to. I'm going for the two characters in Once Upon a Time. Rick Dalton. Uh, Rick Dalton and, uh, you know, uh, so Brad Pitt's character yeah. and Leo's character. Um, but also just because I think there's something about that time, again, if this is the time-travelling element of a podcast too, um, you know, and in a fictional world, I, I'm, I'm going to use that card to go back to 1960s um, Los Angeles, I suppose. And, and you know, a lot of... Uh, towards the end of that film, pre- Mansons, and this in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood being the fantasy version of it, where fortunately that doesn't happen. Yeah, um, you know the alternate alternate universe. Uh, uh, some kind of good living happening, uh, especially in that return from, uh, return from the Italian sort of film, but he's kind of been involved with uh, some uh, nice looking margaritas yeah. being. Drunk, which is in my kind of recent memory of something I've uh, rewatched during lockdown <laughs> too, and I don't know, I don't know if that's the case of it still being for the northeast of England, quite warm today. Uh, an icy margarita with those two um, sounds like it could be could be quite good enjoyable. Fun, Not having to um, take out half of uh, a crazed cult during that evening. I would maybe not do it on that same night. Uh, around that time yeah. <laughs> there could be something in that that could be enjoyable excellent good answers I, I like yeah, the way like they've been that. different than most other people's I like that yeah 
What's yeah, it? that was cool, Chris. I like that. Uh, I always, I always keep telling everyone, I just go get alcoholic Nicholas Cage from leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, that's a night. That's, yeah, a, night, that's a crazy yeah, yeah. night right there. You might, uh, yeah, you might never be. You, but some people, I think, you would come away with thinking that's a, an interesting night. Some people that you would be possibly changed forever. That would, that would yes. maybe be one of those. <laughs> for better be touched by the end of it, I think. Well, I just want to thank you, Chris, for being here, having this chat with us, man. And obviously, I wish you nothing but the best of endeavors with everything going forward with things. Um, Obviously, there's going to be links and everything. Everybody out there, look into the stuff with the festival, October 6th to the 9th, uh, Sunderland Shorts Festival. Uh, Take a look at the Wickham 98 or 89. Wickham 89, guys. And obviously, that big pink dress. You got to check that shit out. Get get the feedback to the men. Get out there. Get a look at it. Yeah, when I dropped my, uh, very subtly dropped my age as 32, then me and Grant, uh, I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying, both born in 1989. Uh, so that's where, that's the, the story behind the name. Babe. And you even get a little bit of movie trivia there. Exactly. Yeah, trivia. Get it exactly. on IMDb, folks. Get it on there. <laughs> Obviously, if you want to learn anything more about Chris, you can find him up on the social media channels as well as his uh, film company there. And if you want to get in touch with us at all, you can always reach us at moviemadness at deadrealfilms.com. Or you can look at our website at deadrealfilms.com forward slash movie madness. We always love hearing from you guys. Anyway, everybody, thanks again, Chris, for being here, Matt. I've been your host, Henry Thompson, with, of course, me, Hermano, Wayne Thompson. As so always. time, y'all keep uh, chilling out there. Keep watching those good movies. Have a good night. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks, guys. No problem, man.